Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. up how are things oh things are good i have some big news well first how was um dr the pictures of you were gorgeous oh thanks it was beautiful it was a nice little it was a nice trip it was a lot of family the first half of the trip and then a lot of beach time the last half of the trip um had some sad news though my last day of the vacation i found out that my uncle passed away i'm Um, so sorry to hear that yeah it was kind of a I mean, it was the last day of the trip, but um, so I went straight from here. I came home and for a day, and then I went to Atlanta. Um, I mean, it was ended up being a special kind of time because all of my family came in from you know Wisconsin and Minneapolis and Georgia, okay. and they all, everybody sort of gathered together. But it was really sad because he was so young. Um, this is your mom's brother or your father's brother? Yeah, my mom's brother. Okay. So I will say, if anybody has a if you have to, you know, buy a last minute flight, those flights were not messing around. Even from New York to Atlanta, which is usually about two fifty, it was over eight hundred dollars for me because oh. it was last minute. Um, but Delta and other airlines, they have like the bereavement yeah. discount. So if you tell them, I made the mistake of I had enough miles saved up to pay for it, so I didn't even think about the bereavement discount. But I'm gonna, I'm in retrospect, I'm gonna go. Um, ask for them, but you have to have like a death certificate and all that kind of okay. stuff. So it takes a little while. But airlines, they do give you like a um, – my mom, I think I got $150 discount. Okay. They'll give you something. So, I mean, it can kind of help, but <laughs> it's it's very expensive. We didn't even so. greet everybody. Oh, yeah. Hi, people. <laughs> hey, hey. Have you missed us? I know. Some of you guys have been like tweeting us and stuff. Like, I miss y'all. We miss you too. I know. Sorry. We were gone. It was a weird like two-week – little two-week period there. I know, right? Don't forget about us. <laughs> they did. I, mean, I get a lot. I did get a lot of cute emails and tweets. So happy to be back. Yes, for sure. Um. So what's your what's your news? Oh. Um. So after working on it for like a year, really a, a hardcore six months, but full a full year. Finally, like my I told you, I was working on the Live Richer Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I don't know. It's. Uh, you know, whenever you do something new, you just never know how it's going to go. You know, you never know if it's going to go well. And so we launched it, um, me and the team. And I was like, oh, my God, man, you have no idea. That, like, I at first I thought it's not a big deal. You know, you tell yourself that until you feel like, you know, your insides are like leaking out. <laughs> when it's time. I know. And so <clears throat> we launched at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday. Wait, so tell the people what it is. 
Oh, that's true. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, so for those of you um, who don't know, so I have, um, I have a business called the budget Nista. Um, that's also like my moniker. I teach financial fun, financial education, um, specifically for women, although I don't leave men out. <clears throat> so please don't tweet me. Yes, man, we get it. I know. Yes. Money for you too. So, um, the last two years I've done this free online, uh, challenge called the live richer challenge and it's done really well and it's fun and you can still do it. It's free at liveretcherchallenge.com. And it just takes you step by step through, um, a savings challenge. That's what it is this year. And like, uh, um, at the end of doing the challenges, people always ask me for more. They're like, Hey, Tiffany, you know, I really, this is great. I learned how to save and I learned how to budget and you've taught me the basics, but I want more. I want to learn how to invest, which quite honestly, that's not my strong suit. Um, student loans, um, credit beyond the basics and stuff like that, like relationships and money, um, even travel and money. So these are things that I'm not an expert in. So I didn't want to pretend and be like, sure, I'll teach you. So, but I do have expert friends and sidebar, Mandy's totally going to be an instructor. She just doesn't know it. Anyway. Okay. So, I, so I do have expert friends. And so I tapped into some of them if, and asked if they would do some online courses and like tape them, videotape them and then write them out and create like some homework and stuff for it. And they said, yes. So for the last six months, um, my friends from around the country, we have someone in Colorado, a friend in Atlanta, um, Chicago, they've been taping and writing their courses. And right now there are nine courses up. And there's travel on a budget, relationships and money, two investment courses. And I put it all under this um, project called the Live Richer Academy, basically like an online fun financial school. And um, originally I was going to make the academy uh, to be about like $24.99 a month. That, that was like my original plan because talking to like my, my business coach friends and stuff. Um, and I don't know, I just woke up one day and I felt weird about it. Cause I thought like, that's just too much. Like I know my audience and I know what they can afford. And then I decided to, for 2000 of them to drop it to, um, nine ninety nine a month, like just under 10 bucks. And we launched on Wednesday and I, I didn't think anything of it. I just was like, okay, you know, guys, I knew when I was struggling financially, I couldn't pay 24 99 a month. So I'm just going to drop it to nine ninety nine for 2000 folks thinking like, you know, we'll get like, I don't know, 500, 600 to sign up. Uh, Mandy, the 8 a.m. And, and like, so like I have a Facebook group where the Live Richard Challenge people kind of like hang out and we help each other daily. And at 8 a.m., so they're, te- they're I'm seeing them like right in the group at 8 a.m. Yo, I'm up. I set the alarm. Y'all ain't getting my spot. I'm like, it's 2,000 spots. They're not going to go. <laughs> right? That's at smart marketing. But honestly, it wasn't even that. That's so. That if anybody knows me, they know that I tumble into everything. That wasn't even marketing. I really was like, I just like it's like I couldn't sleep. I was like Tiffany, twenty four ninety nine is too much. The average dream catcher. That's the that's the name that we give ourselves in the group. They can't afford that, you know. And so I just it just didn't sit well with me. And I'm like an overly emotional person. I'm a Libra, and if it doesn't sit well, it's like I can't. I can't function if I don't feel like something's not right. And so literally it wasn't even a marketing ploy. It was just Tiffany dropped the dad on price already. You know, you don't feel right. And so I did. And so as a result, it ended up being good marketing. I was like, Whoa, eight Oh one Mandy. I try to log onto the site and I'm like, Oh my God, I think I messed up. Like it, the site wouldn't like load. It's because they damn near broke it at eight Oh one, 130 people signed out eight Oh two, 200 Mandy by eight 30, a little over 300 and um by nine o'clock a thousand people had signed up i was like are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and 
and by like right um by um a little over 24 hours so like by day two before the end of day two we had already sold out of the 2000 spots and then people started emailing me like Tiffany, I just made up an arbitrary number, 2,000, because I just figured, we're not getting 2,000, I'll just say that. And people were emailing me like, oh, please, I can't afford the um, $24.99, can you like lower it? So I said, you know what, I'm just going to keep it at $9.99 for, for registration, just period. It's, we're, it's from Wednesday to Wednesday, so registration closes on uh, Wednesday the 16th of March. Um, and then I don't know when I'm going to open back up registration, I just want to really take care of the students we have. But yeah. So I don't even know how many people we're going to get, but, and I've been nervous about the feedback, but honestly, the feedback has been amazing. People have been like writing me, telling me how much they're enjoying the classes, how much they really like the instructors. It's just been freaking crazy. So I'm just really excited about this next level because what this means is that those people who have been writing with me and who have learned how to do the basic financial stuff that I've taught them, now I can, I can show them, not me technically, personally, but I can I have the ability now to help push them to the next level. And I can do so where it doesn't hurt them financially. Like I'm not a financial burden. That's always like my biggest thing. Like I don't want to take from anyone. I, I want to make sure that you're good. That's the purpose of my business. And so if you're interested, you certainly can join us at the Live Richer Academy at livericheracademy.com. We're totally rocking out. Um, there's three main components. We have an off Facebook private forum where we all hang out. We have the pre-taped um, and pre-recorded courses. And then once or twice a month, we're going to have a live course. This is where I want you to come in, Mandy, unless you want to write a full course. Is I'm going to be interviewing my like financial friends from around the country in a live video um, like uh, chat. And you guys can ask them questions. So you can be like, oh, my God, you're having Mandy on? I totally want to know this, 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 and this. And you can come on and pick her brain. Um, and yeah, it's just dope. Cause I know some people like live stuff. Some people want to be able to work on their own and some people need a community. So the teacher, like, if you know me, I used to be a school teacher. The teacher in me wanted to provide three ways for you to learn. And yeah, the live richer academy.com. We're rocking out. Oh, I'm on the site right now. It looks amazing. <laughs> Isn't it so cute with the little, like, <laughs> I tried to make it like, oh my God, you have no idea. Like, it, I, ladies. Yes, I tried to make sure that, like, you see, like, like, I try to make sure to represent every color woman. Like, okay, I know it's not all brown women, but, like, I just wanted women to come and feel good about it. Like, oh, this is me. She's talking to me, and I'm learning, and it's fun, and my sisters are here. And, yeah, I just really feel really proud of it because I, I really think, like, like, this is going to really help not just women, like me, I'm taking the daggone um, investment courses <laughs> and the women are already like, I love Mary. We have two investment teachers, Mary, who's like this older white lady from Colorado. And then we have Maybell, who's this young Dominican girl from, from Brooklyn. So I really trying to get all types of like dope women and some men too, hopefully uh, from around the country to just teach you what they know best. And Mary is actually an instructor at the University of Colorado for investing. And Maribel is, Maybell has her MBA in finance and is a financial analyst by trade. So I'm not just choosing like random folks. Like everyone is either certified, working in this field, does this for a living. So yeah, everybody's really amazing. So Mandy, you have to tell me like what you want to come on and teach. Oh, well, I'm so happy for you. This looks really cool. Thanks. LiveRitcherAcademy.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
What about you? Like, besides... So, let me tell you. Mandy has this picture of her in this yellow dress in DR, which I'm like, oh, my God. I have to ask Mandy where she got that dress from. <laughs> um, you can. I got it at lulu.com. Lulu? Wait. Lulu or Lulu's with an S? It's L... Oh, yeah. L-U-L-U-S.com. It's super cute. They have... Um, Really cute dresses. I'm just – I was trying to find, like, a, a place I could shop for clothes that wasn't, like, my typical Gap or H&M or for – I'm okay. just, like, sick of those stores, you know? Yeah. Um, and I wanted some – I wanted a nice dress because we were doing – we were doing some engagement photos. So it's so cute. I was like, oh, my God, that – first of all, the shape is, like, everything on you. I'm like, oh, my God, Mandy looks oh, – man. and then you're, like, all brown. Like, I know you guys are not necessarily friends with Mandy on Facebook. You're lost. No, I'm just joking. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Mandy, when you're, what's your name on Instagram? Because, honestly, Mandy looks like everything in that dress. I'm like, I love that dress. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Instagram, Mandy with an I, money. Mandy, money. Okay. Yeah, yeah super- it was – I thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I ordered a bunch of uh, beach clothing that I will never. I have like to wait five months to wear now because it's not <laughs> going to be summer here until like August. Um, no, it was it was really nice. Sometimes it's fun to treat yourself. Yeah, take a little bit of that tax return money. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I had an amazing experience with my CPA from Yelp. I must say. Um, Ooh, yes, do tell. <laughs> he his name is Paul. He's super cool. Um, he's just a chill dude. I mean, he he runs a local business out of my neighborhood. He owns a house like two blocks from where he live or works. And I mean, I just sat down with him, and it took about half an hour. And he, um, you know, I'm not. I had a I had a pretty uh, sizable tax refund this year, and I was like, wait a second, why is it so much? And I was like, well, can you look at last year's tax return? Because last year I ended up owing some money. And he looked at mm-hmm. my tax return from last year. He's like, oh, yeah, you messed up. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I thought I might have. Because it was my first year ever having stock, from company stock. Okay. Um, and I reported it incorrectly to make it look like I had earned all this extra money that I hadn't actually. Okay. Um, so he fixed that for me. And he's like, oh, here's $2,000 more in, in your refund. And I was like, great. You're awesome. I will be using it <gasps> every year forever. That is awesome. Um, oh, I know you were like, yeah. wait a minute. Let me get some Lulu dresses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hesitate to say that because I don't love the idea of treating yeah. a tax refund as like, oh, I'm going to go – like for my vacation for DR, like I already had that money in savings. We, I don't like to rely on the tax refund. Also, sure. it's not like – it's not always the best sign if you get a huge tax refund because then – It's not. Yeah, you're, you're maybe like not – um, you're you're paying too little in taxes, or sorry, not paying enough in taxes. Wait, mm-hmm. what am I trying to say? No, you, you, you pay too much. Exemptions wrong. Yeah, you're paying yeah. too much throughout the year. Yeah. Um, so you could maybe look at your adjustments or your uh, your exemptions and and talk it over with someone. But um, other than that, I was happy, and my I referred my friends. I think he gave me a little discount for referring my friends to him. Um, they're like newly married, and and they live in the neighborhood too. So go ahead, Yelp. You haven't failed me yet. <laughs> oh, yep, don't fail me now. But again, I I totally feel like you should get a, a personal referral. Um, Yelp was just because none of my friends actually have tax agents. You know, and that's always that. You know, I guess I always thought that was so weird to me. People are like, oh, I don't have an accountant because you know, I guess because I grew up, my dad was an accountant, so I've I've always had like literally I've had an accountant my whole life. And then when he was sick and tired of doing my taxes for me, well, one. He taught me how to use TurboTax and then he would review it like he would go over it. And then I um, I just didn't think to not have one. So then I, a friend of mine was telling me about her accountant and I was like, OK, well, you'll be my when I was in my 20s, you'll be my accountant. But I just thought of an accountant like a doctor because my dad was one. But I think back on it now, I guess a lot of people don't have accountants. They just go to like H&R Block and stuff. And yeah, that's. 
I always hear like, like oh yeah, well my my uncle or my mom. I always like a lot of my friends use their parents' account and they send their stuff to their parents. I'm like, I didn't come from a family where that was thing. Like, it was a miracle if someone did their taxes on TurboTax. So yeah, for anyone who starting learning from scratch, I understand that. Like, it's a it's a it's a it's a scary thing because you don't know really who to trust. Yeah, but I'm glad that's all behind me. Oof. Things are okay in, in Mandy Land. Yeah, look, everybody's doing good. Enough about, <laughs> enough about us. Let's I know, talk right? about let's talk about someone who's like struggling with life right now. Because oh, I think it's so f- hilarious. Uh, fit, uh, Fifty Cent. Have oh, you heard is... Fifty Cent? <laughs> no. What is going on with Fifty? So he's bankrupt. He's he. Filed... No, he's not. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's been bankrupt. When did he file bankruptcy? It's been a minute. He's had he's had money issues for a while. Um, like real money issues or pretend like, you know, 50 cent money issues. Yes. No, like real, like he's broke. Somehow he's broke. Somehow he's still a millionaire, but he's broke. He's filed bankruptcy. Um, I think, wait, I think he filed bankruptcy back in 2007. Anyway, he's back in bankruptcy court, but here's the decision. Here's the situation right now. Recently he was on his Instagram account and there was photos of him posing with like, not just like stacks of money. Oh like God. stacks of money laid out in the shape of words. Like what oh, is I think God. it was money laid out in the form of like the word cash or something crazy. Like just, you know, like extra. Oh, just ignorance. Oh, no, no, no. It's even worse than what I remembered. It's stacks of bills spelled out, um, stacked up to spell out the word broke. Like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, oh, you want to be cute. You forgot that the government has uh, Instagram too, boo-boo. Oh, yeah, real cute. Not just that. On Valentine's Day, there's a picture of a box of chocolates, but instead of chocolates, it's, do- it's dollar bills wadded up. Here's the thing, though. So he's in bankruptcy court right now, and a judge is interested in these photos. So you're telling oh. me that you're bankrupt, and yet you have all these money, like all these photos of you surrounded by lots of cash. Got him. <laughs> the Connecticut a judge in Connecticut said she was concerned about the allegations of lack of transparency in the case, and she ordered the rapper to explain the pictures. He explained it by saying what I think is the best. It's like my favorite sentence ever because it's so honest, and I wish everybody who's ever thought the grass was greener or thought that the Kardashians next door were living the, the life that you should be leading. Um, sometimes it's just a lie. He says, this is his quote, He said, just because I'm photographed in or next to a certain vehicle, wearing an article of clothing, holding a product, sitting next to what appears to be large sums of money or modeling expensive pieces of jewelry does not mean that I own everything in those photos. Mm. Like, I wish this. Are you still there? I am. Can you hear me? Uh Oh, Uh oh. Hello. Oh, oh, I might. Oh, what just happened? It was so weird. I think I hit the mute button. Did you hear anything I was saying? Yeah, I had I had everything. I was oh. reacting. Oh, were you? <laughs> Dang. Okay, I was, re- mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard nothing. I was like, this is awkward. Does she not think that's as exciting as I do? No, I was totally like, <laughs> oh my God, why? I was gasping and everything. <laughs> I'll just pretend that I heard you and just keep going. Isn't okay. that quote? I love that quote because I feel like, I mean, I, I just, and this is for me, I grew up like for a couple of years in high school, I went to like a super ritzy high school in a super fancy neighborhood. And it was, I was, my mom had just gotten divorced and I was really broke. And we were actually getting like driven to the school. We weren't, we didn't live in the district before. It was before you like got kicked out, not living in the district or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I used to really feel it like everyone around me was super rich. 
Um, and it's not always the case. Like I know a lot of people whose families, whose families lost their houses during the recession and like all those fancy cars and all the houses and stuff. Like you never know what's actually happening, happening to someone's actual bank account. Um, and 50 cent just, just epitomizes and all these rappers, like, I feel like not just them, but like Floyd Mayweather, like all they do is just take pictures of cash and here's me sitting in this car and that wearing that chain and, I think it just sends a wrong message to people. It does. But it's hard because especially for in the music industry, for rappers, that's like part of the game. And honestly, my, so my cousin, when I was like, um, well, he's no longer uh, like working. I don't, I don't know what he does. But anyway, he was like one of the youngest music executives in the nation. He's like 26 and like uh, senior A&R for like Universal Records and stuff like that. So I remember I had him come to Newark because he's from West Orange. And he was home, so I had him come to Newark to talk to the kids at the United Way, no, at the Boys and Girls Club, because I wanted him to share, like, for example, my cousin, he's the one that signed Katy Perry, for example. And he's the one, like, Rihanna's first song, like, Pond the Replay, he's the one that signed the guy that wrote that song. So he's, he was, like, really well-versed in the music industry, and he was telling the kids, um, you know, none of those artists you know, really had any money. Like this is, of course, Rihanna since then is done doing obviously much better, but he was explaining that an artist doesn't make money for a long time. That, uh, like for example, a Rihanna, she comes out, the label gives her money to produce her album. It's basically, it's a loan. So the first few years, if she's not selling, you know, not only does she owe, but she's broke too. And so she might be in like a car or whatever, you know, but it's not hers. And he was like, it's so funny because a lot of times artists will be on tour and the the saxophone player, the the DJ, the, you know, the guitar player, they actually are making more money on that tour than the artist is because they're they they have a salary that's guaranteed and the artist is not. And when he said that, it just hit me like, wow, the saxophone player might be making one hundred thousand dollars a year and the artist on stage that you love so much has nothing like negative, you know, $50,000 or something. And I'm just like, wow. He said, so he was telling the kids, you know, everybody wants to be in the front. He said, but typically it's the people in the back that make the most amount of money Mm -hmm. that even, you know, that, that you shouldn't necessarily aspire to. He said, you first of all, one, you should just never aspire to fame. You know, you, you should aspire to whatever your purpose and your passion is and, you know, figure out a way that you can be, um, fairly compensated for it. But I just thought that was so interesting. And he was actually listing like rappers and I won't say who, but at the time he was listing the ones that he knew for sure were broke. And they were like, what? And they're like, well, yeah, you I'm always just... hear about rappers going broke. Like Ja Rule, wasn't he broke? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what T-Pain? Didn't he, something happened with T-Pain or he just went to jail? I forget. I just feel like, and it happens with, um, with, uh, athletes too. For they, sure. Like, you get a bunch of money. You don't know what to do with it. I saw something like, I think it was earlier this week, you know, Waka Flocka. Is he the vegan rapper? Isn't he vegan? Yes. Yes, he is now. He has that like hilarious vegan. He does videos where he cooks vegan food. Um, But one other thing he he was telling, I think he was like a radio show. He was talking about how when he visited Africa for the first time, he, when he saw just the devastation and the poverty there, he decided it, it like, it made him feel a much different way about all the the materialistic aspects of celebrity like the gold chain and the cars and the you know all that lifestyle and so he stopped wearing all that like he Mm. says anyway he stopped wearing the chains and he stopped you know trying to put forth that image of materialism and I thought that was nice 
Yeah. You know, Waka Flocka really surprises me, honestly, because the fact that he went vegan. Did you see that um that like YouTube video or whatever video with his friend where he was making like vegan vegan muffins? Yeah. 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 I was like, because, you know, I just always just kind of wrote him off as like, I don't know, like, you know. The, one of those rappers, like ignorant rappers, but I was like, look at Waka Flocka. He got a little bit of a heart there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I feel like veganism is a hip hop thing now. Like, doesn't DJ Khaled talk about? I don't know. He's kind of doesn't DJ Honestly. Khaled talk about eating healthy? <laughs> yes. Somebody, I think it was like it's him and Kevin Hart are friends, and he was like, DJ Khaled is the only person I know always working out and stay fat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking as I was saying, I'm like, but he's kind of chunky though. But <laughs> Jay Z and Beyonce went vegan. I mean, more power to you. Veganism is also expensive. They probably have chefs cooking for them. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, did you see? Did you see Malia and Sasha? At the O-M-G. White House State Dinner. <gasps> that first of all, I love both their dresses, and it really seems to like reflect their personality. Like, you so know, Malia nice. is like the classic kind of like quiet beauty, and Sasha is like all that sass. And I love their dresses. They just look so pretty and so age appropriate, and just like I just love that. It seems like they were able to be like I just I can be myself, but of course I'm appropriate for the dinner. But they looked beautiful. I'm going to miss them. I just, I feel like we're only just now starting to see them blossom as young women. And we're not going to, yeah. like, unless they, you know, decide yeah. to live a life in the public eye, we're not going to be yeah. able to see them anymore. I know. And they've just grown into, like, it's just, I was really, especially, like, to me, Malia has looked the same. It was, to me, I'm just looking at Sasha, like, wow, she's just really growing up because she's 14 now. And when they were in the White House, like, how old was she? Like, seven. Oh my gosh. And I'm just like, they're just both so beautiful. Like I could see so much of Michelle and Malia and, you know, and like so much of, um, president Obama and Sasha and just, yeah, they're just coming into their own and they just look so cute. I just feel like when you think about class and politics, Mm -hmm. class and presidencies, you're going to think about the Obamas. Like they have exuded nothing but class. When, when have they ever stepped a toe out of the classy the classy section, you know, and this is against the backdrop of whatever's happening right now in the political race. Like, I think we're all going to appreciate them so much more after, you know, after 2016 is over. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I'm honestly not looking forward to the upcoming presidential election. We'll see what happens. I was happy to see. So Trump had like a rally in Chicago on Friday. Yeah, they weren't having it. They weren't. Well, you know, on the one hand, it's sad. On the other hand, it's like, finally. But apparently protesters and Trump supporters clashed at this big event, thousands of supporters, and they decided it was too unsafe to continue. This was kind of a boiling over point because during the week, there were all these, and not just during the week, but the past couple of months, there's been these clips of protesters, peaceful protesters at Trump rallies being physically assaulted by Trump supporters and I, saw, I had just seen someone posted a clip of this like older, maybe I think it was a 70 or 80 year old white guy who just for no reason, a, a black Trump protester, a black man was walking, getting escorted out of this arena by cops or by somebody security or whatever. And this guy just reaches out and just like clocks him in the face for no reason. Wow! And then he's interviewed on Inside Edition. Don't ask me why they were interviewing him um, like this entertainment website. But he was saying like, yeah, next time he comes back, maybe we ought to kill him. Wow. This 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 is the type of sentiment that is making these type of people are are what are pushing Donald Trump to the forefront. You know, it's just honestly it's really scary. Like at first I thought, "Oh, it's funny, like this whole Trump thing." But then it's become really scary because people have found a um an outlet for their their hate, their just egregious hate. 
and they found an outlet for their ignorance and you know trump thinks like it's nothing but i'm like make america great honestly you're making america a scary place Mm. it's sad it's tapping into all the gross, icky, yeah. hateful, disgusting. It makes me feel dis- it just makes me feel sad and tired. Very sad, very tired. Right? They've um, made it like Trump has made it very cool to be a hateful person out loud and in public. And what I don't get is like he's not for these people. Like the people who yeah. support Trump are poor, uneducated. He's not yes. for them. He's that's, that's like, what I don't get. I'm like, you don't get it. Like, you might as well be black or Mexican or Muslim to him. He doesn't care about you. You have nothing to offer him. He does not care about lowering your taxes. He's a Republican. Like, all he wants to do is make things easier for the rich. Not only is he a Republican, but he's a billionaire. Yes. 0.001%er. Like, you know, not that... not that I'm trying to say like who people should vote for, but I'm just saying look at the read, read, just open yes. it, open a website, go to go to the the factcheckingsites.com or whatever it is, I forget what it's called, politifact.com I think where they actually fact check with all the candidates say and like over three quarters of the things that come out of his mouth are not true, and I don't understand how people are are you know whatever hitching their cart to his horse or however it goes, however the saying goes, it's uh, yeah. depressing to me. But in uh, in non-depressing news, maybe this is also depressing. I'm not sure. Right. <laughs> Did you see the new trailer for Ghostbusters? I have not. Who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Um. So you know this. So there's. It's. It's. First of all, it's controversial because they're doing an all-female cast for the reboot. It's gonna Ooh. be. It's gonna be like an SNL cast. You got. Uh, Kristen Wiig and you have Kate McKinnon who's hilarious and then um, um, oh shoot 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 Melissa McCarthy as the Ghostbusters oh my god she's hilarious she's so funny they're all funny but then they added Leslie Jones who was is one of two black women on SNL right now like really funny comedian as a character on Ghostbusters but they didn't really tell us what her character was going to be until the trailer came out Okay. And you have the three Ghostbusters who are scientists, and then Leslie Jones is an MTA worker, works for the subway system for New York. And people were taking issue with that, saying, why can't you make the only black woman in this cast also a scientist? Mm. And on, while on the one hand, I can see the argument, on the other hand, I'm like, first of all, I'm, I'm so annoyed that we have to, we have to, first of all, this is movie is not going to win an Oscar. It's Ghostbusters two like, <laughs> or three or four, whatever it is. Like this is not the height of filmmaking in America. And I hate that we have to put pressure on this stupid comedy to offer a role for a woman of color. That is, you know, of the stature that we think women of color deserve because they're not getting it anywhere else. So I don't, I, I feel like all the, the, like the people that are saying that, you know, this filmmaker is just sort of like, pigeonholing her into a stereotype like a working class black woman on the other hand i feel like why are we putting like it shouldn't be this way that like this dumb comedy has to, to be, be i know what you mean because you're just you know like well say? like you know like why not go for like i mean it's almost like if you were like saying like you know like a movie like a you know snakes on the plane you're like well what about you're like honestly it's snakes on the plane like this is not i mean i get it but let's save our energy for like things that you know uh, just mean a little bit more or have maybe more meaningful content. But I get what you're saying. And then, but I have to say at the same time, I guess, I don't know. That's probably my, my brown break when we get into it. Mm, you know, you just inspired me for that. So I'll save it for then. But okay. yeah. Well, what you can do is you can take your money and spend it on that new movie we talked about last week. Wasn't it last week or a couple episodes ago? Right. Taraji P. Henson starring in the movie about the um, one of the 
a, I think one or two black female NASA scientists who were behind mm-hmm. the first, um, was it the moonwalk or some launch? Anyway, NASA scientists. So there you go. Black female scientist. Yes. It's happening. And that probably will be a good movie. Not that, you know, nothing against Ghostbusters, but I'm just saying it's Ghostbusters. Let's have low expectations. <laughs> Who are you going to call? No, has it got Is that Ghostbusters? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I ain't afraid of Beverly Hills. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to watch the cartoon as a kid with Slimer. Is that what's his name? Is that the green one? Slimer? They They like befriended a ghost and like made him a pet. I have no idea. Somebody knows. Mandy's too young. So anybody in your 30s. So remember Ghostbusters the movie. I used to watch it like I think after school and they had Slimer I believe. He was like their ghost pet. And it was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. Okay. <laughs> I, I, of that. I remember I remember Ghostbusters but anyway not to like encyclopedic levels. <laughs> you see that dig? <laughs> I think it sounded diggier than I meant it to sound. <laughs> It's okay. (laughs) You you know what I mean. Any other buzzes? That's it? No, I think that's it. Okay, so it's time for a brand break. What is your brand Um, break this week? Honestly, I I didn't really have a brown break until like we were talking about that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I mean I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of whatever for this, but I don't care. I'm tired. I'm tired of, and I understand that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about race and race relations. I'm just, I guess I'm just exhausted by it because it seems like things are really just getting worse. So I just need a brown break from it. Not a brown break as in that I don't want people to discuss the issues and I don't want, you know, that's not it. I'm just weary, I guess what I'm saying. It's like, I need a break from this having to be discussed, I guess is probably the best way to say it. That it's just so sad. I'm just like, sheesh, every time we turn around, it's something. And I'm just honestly... It's depressing, and I know that it's real, and I know that it's out there, but it's crazy to like talk to my dad who's in his 70s and to hear some of the things that he, they were struggling with you know, back when he was a young man, and I'm like, really? Because that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. I'm like, sheesh. Mm-hmm. So I just need a brown break from like, I don't even know the word for it. What is that? Remember that YouTube video? The woman, she's like, she had post-dramatic suck. It was, it was Akila, obviously. I was just thinking about that. It was racial... It was racial something fatigue syndrome. It's yes. Like you feel tired having to talk to people about all this racism and then explain to people why things are racist, yeah. answering questions. Yeah. No, I understand. I yeah. Know. And that's that's how I feel. I feel fatigued from it. Like, not because I don't, I don't want people to stop, obviously, discussing the issues and working towards something better. But I guess, honestly, I feel sometimes it feels a little hopeless because I'm like, well, dang, we're still here. It's the same stuff that's still happening. What can be done? Like... Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do? And I, think, I don't know. I think the antidote is to focus on positives, you know? Yeah. I mean, for every I, negative story, we'll do a win. You know what I mean? Like, you got to think about the positive or, or highlighting the, black, the, the, the beauty and the accomplishments of black America. And, and you know what I mean? I agree. And I think that's why I need a brown break, because I feel like that's what's kind of missing from the narrative mm-hmm. is that you're getting so much like 
for all the women who are, for all the people who are saying, you know, like, um, the, the, the black woman in a Ghostbusters should be a scientist. I wish it was like equally as many people talking about those things that are happening, you know, yeah. not to say like they discount, they, you know, they cancel each other out, but at least it, it presents a balanced perspective. So that way you can maintain hope because there are some things that are getting better. But if you were to look at like my timeline after something bad happened, what you would think the world is a dark and ugly place. And I'm trying to clean it up some, but I understand people have to vent and share, but sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, gosh, I can't right now. I'm off social media. Like I just, you know, I need some positivity, you know, challenge accepted. We have the black scientist NASA movie coming out. And then Ava DuVernay has a show with, with the Oprah network that I kind of want to watch. It's called queen sugar. Ooh. It's like based on a, it's based on a romance novel, I think, or some novel queen sugar. It's, um, it's about a woman who inherits an old sugar plant or old sugar plantation or something in the South. Mm. It sounds like a it sounds like a it, cool project. It does, you know. I also low level stalk Ava DuVernay on Instagram, and she follows me on Twitter. And I don't know why, but she does. And I'm just yes. like waiting for the day when she just like emails me and is like, "Mandy, <laughs> that's a love star in this movie." Uh, you think no somebody's reason. awesome, and they like follow you on social media? Like, oh my god, what did I say? What did I do? Okay, wait. You feel like you're like checking yourself in the mirror. You're like, they can't see you. They it's okay. I'm not even looking. It was probably just like a, a misclick. <laughs> But, you know. <laughs> no, you're amazing. She probably was like, you know, I heard about this girl, Mandy. I heard she's a must follow. All right, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> my brown break is, oh, my brown break is March Madness. This is, I know if you're a sports fan out there, I apologize. It's going to be a quick one. I don't want to be in your office, March Madness pool. <laughs> I had to like, and I've never, we have this, we have a new guy who joined um, the the team at Yahoo Finance and he's really hilarious. His name is Dan. He is a ball of energy. He is constantly bouncing off the walls. He is super exhausting, but it's also kind of funny, but then it's also crazy. And he is like obsessed with getting everyone as March Madness team. And I had to stand up for myself and say, no, I will not. I will be keeping my $10. I'm bad at this. I don't even want to pretend that I like sports enough to do the office pool thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like I used to just put in 10, 20 bucks just to like be a part of the team. But like my forced office socialization brown break from a few weeks past, I don't feel like you should have to peer pressure everybody into being in your sports madness, whatever it is, pool. So I'm giving everyone the opportunity. Like, I'm just letting you know, it's okay to say no. You do not have to March Madness. <laughs> say no to March Madness. <laughs> so tips, any, any, any great questions in the inbox? We do have a good question in the inbox from someone who would like to remain anonymous, I believe. We'll call you Nani. Okay, Nani, what's up? So she's, this is a, um, I don't know if she wants to be anonymous. I think she does. Anyway, I'm not going to call her out. So she says, she's reading right now the Automatic Millionaire book by David, <gasps> David Bach. My favorite. I love that book. Okay. He's a great, he's awesome. David Bach can't go wrong. Um, she says she really wants to seriously automate her bills. Okay. She asks, how do you or do you at all automate unpredictable bills? For example, my Comcast and electric bills fluctuate month to month. I have a finite amount of money available. If there's a fluke and one bill is more than expected, I don't want them to have access to that fluctuation. 
Um, I feel like if I automate, I'll be monitoring my account more than I do already, which is about two times a day. <laughs> she says my bank account is cute. I love checking on her. That's funny. <laughs> I like that too. So well, I oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, the last question is just basically like, if you automate your bills, what services do you use? Um, I just use my bank services. What do you you use your banks too, right? Like your bank usually has like automatic bill pay. Um, you know, I was thinking about this. The only bill, yeah, I well, usually I automate my um services through the service website, like my cable bill, okay, um, and my like my newspaper subscription. Yes, I have one of those. Um, they go straight from my certain account, but um, mo- honestly, most of them are tied to a credit card, and I pay the credit card off in full each month, so I'm not worried about that checking account fluctuation. Um, okay. so if that, I mean, I guess that could sort of be a way to, to deal with that. So I don't have to think about it. You know, is my, is my paycheck going to hit on the fifth? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So I just, I hit, everything's on a credit card. And so when I have the money, I just pay it all off. Um, but that doesn't work for everybody. Cause not yeah, everybody, it doesn't, it, it takes discipline and, and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you what I do. Like, honestly, and this, I mean, this takes some discipline too, but I, I, I so all my bills are automated, and even though um, I automate from the, um, I, I I automate mostly from my bank's end, meaning that like you know my bank from my bank's bill pay sends the money versus the company coming to get the money, um, just because honestly I don't want them like before a, a company has taken too much and like overdrafted me. So ever since then I was like nah 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 I will send you the money. You just go sit down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's typically what I do. But then, uh, for those bills that kind of fluctuate, what I would honestly typically do is I would still like my cable bill, it does go up and down a little bit, but like for, for the most part, I don't even know, let's just say my cable bill is, I don't know, let's just say $120 and sometimes it's 128 and sometimes less. I will usually send like the average and then like the second bill will usually be like, Oh, you know, you're, you're like. You, you still owe three bucks and I'll just send them three bucks when I see it, you know? I mean, it might not work for every company, but for like the cable company, you know, you're not going to be reported to collections for three bucks unless you just are not paying ever, you know? So I would just, I typically just would send like the average, like I know, I know my cable bill is going to be around 128. So I just send 130 um, every month and that kind of handles the fluctuations <clears throat> or what you're going to end up, you know, having to do. And this is what I did when I used to teach. Um, I, I saved and saved and saved and I started prepaying my bills to myself. I have a separate checking account for bills. So I hope you have one too, because to me, it helps tremendously to separate your bill money from your spending money because your checking account for bills should not be attached to your debit card. So when you're swiping your debit card, it should not be taking from that account that's paying bills, have two separate checking accounts for that. So that's one. And so what I started doing, because same thing, some of my bills were fluctuating. I started uh, prepaying and almost like having a little extra money. So like if my sister paid me back the 20 bucks she owed me, I throw it in my bills account. Some birthday money, I throw a little bit in my bills account. And then that way, those companies that kind of fluctuate, I always had like a lit, like a, some buffer in there to kind of handle some of those things. So it takes a little while to get that buffer. Like, you know, I would just collect kind of throughout the year, especially it's tax time. So I might put um, my, if it's February, like right now it's March. So right now I would have already put my April bill money in my bills account. So when April came, plus a little buffer, when April came, as people were taking their things, I knew I was good. So like I said, that, but in order to do that, you have to 
basically be saving. And I don't know how much extra you have a month, but um, I guess what worries me about it is that she's experiencing quite often the fact that she doesn't have enough to cover her bills. Mm. And for me, that's kind of a trigger of like, well, maybe it's time to look at your expenses and are, are they too high for what you're earning? Yeah. Um, And what happens if you don't have the money in there? Does, is your bill just late, you know? Yeah. Or you just have to, you probably just prioritize. Honestly, there's times I tell people this, there are times someone told me once and it was like the smartest or the best piece of advice when I had lost my job and I could not afford to pay for everything. And she told me, and it was so hard and scary. She said, sometimes something's not going to get paid. And I was like, don't you say that. It was like blasphemy. And she was like, sometimes something is not going to get paid on time. It's just going to happen. So you prioritize always what must get paid first. Food and shelter must get paid first. So I always paid my rent and I paid to make sure I had groceries. And then I would go down my priority list. And those I didn't have any money for, I would call and let them know and, and try to work something out. But sometimes I just didn't have it. And so, and then when I did, I would, I would pay it. It's not the end of the world. Um, it's, it's, it's scary sometimes, but if that's your reality, then you should be looking at your bills to see, well, if I'm not always able to pay, cable is not a necessity. You might want to go in and either cut it all together or severely reduce it and ask yourself line item by line item of your budget, what can go if I don't always have enough money? You know, if you're in that place, you, you know, you should like... If you're telling me you have cable and, and you don't have enough for your bills, you have you have that um that cable is some cushion there because you don't need cable in order to live, breathe, and eat. So you know sometimes it's not easy to say like I gotta get rid of cable. Maybe just get the internet. I had the internet for like six years, just the internet, and I watched TV like online and stuff and Netflix and stuff to reduce my um my monthly output. So sometimes you just got to make those slashes and call your service providers. I was good for calling once a year and saying, hey, it's Tiffany. So, yeah, this bill's really high. Um, energy company or car car insurance company or a service provider, somebody who provides a service and you pay for it. This bill's really high. I honestly I'm experiencing financial struggle. Can you help me? And sometimes they're like, no. And sometimes they said yes. And then if they said no, I'd be like, if, if it was a cancelable thing, like your cell phone, I would say, well, can you transfer me to the retention department? Because um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain my service with you guys, because honestly, it's I just can't afford it. And the retention department, if they have one, it's the let's make a deal department. And literally, that's what they're there for, to retain you. So make a deal. Do your budget ahead of time and see what number you have to get to to be able to afford it. So fight for yourself. You you know, bring your bills down to a place where you, you do have enough a month and let go of those things that are not necessities. And I like the idea of knowing exactly how much you're going to need for your bills and then making sure you have that set aside. One of mm-hmm. the things that I do um, for my rent is that from each paycheck, I have a um, I go through my payroll deposit payroll department and I have half of my total rent for the month automatically debited and put into a separate bank account for my rent. So I'm not getting hit all at one paycheck. I'm getting half my rent from one paycheck and half from the other. And then by the time I have both added up, I'll have enough to pay the rent bill, which I do. Um, So that's one thing you can do too. Like if you don't want to use your entire paycheck for all of your bills is save half your paycheck from the from the first paycheck for your in your bills account, and then when the next paycheck comes, mm-hmm. take the other half, and then hopefully that'll be enough to cover your bills. Um, and that you can set up through your employer or just set it up through your bank, which takes a little bit of work, um, but shouldn't be too hard these days. 
Yeah. And honestly, if you need help with the budget, I'm trying to think because I wrote a book called The One Week Budget, but I give like the first day away for free. I'm trying to think where you could just go snatch it because it will really help to organize your budget. Um, you know, you can snatch it from go to live richard and there's a little button that says uh, resources. I think it says book resources. And we'll if you click on that, we'll put a link in the blog. Okay, good. Yeah. So if you click that way, because I want you to download just day one of the one week budget and it will help to get, because honestly, it's the most important. Uh, that's why I give that part away for free. So you can actually start to create your budget and see where do you stand and start reducing your spending. So that's my giveaway to you guys. It's free. Boop, boop. And I'll, I'll put a link to the, you send me a link to that. I'll add it in the, in the blog post for this week on our, on our website, brownambitionpodcast.com. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> Well, thanks for sending in your question. If you, if you guys have any other questions, we are happy to take them. You can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at the BA podcast. Yeah, we like, I like when you guys tweet us. I like, honestly, when you guys tweet us and then you tweet us at our personal handles. And I'm at the budgetista and Mandy is, what are you, Mandy? Are you Mandy Woodruff at on, Mandy, on Twitter? At Mandy Woodruff, yep. Yeah, Mandy with an I. And, um, yeah, I love when you guys like tweet us personally and be, you're like, I miss you guys. And I'm like, Oh my God, they like us. They really like us. Alrighty. How about some wins? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm trying to think, what is the win? You go first. I will go first. So I read that Notre Dame has is this year or this February is going to have its very first. I guess it's not February anymore. How is it already March? Wait a second. Wow. And daylight savings time starts tomorrow. Anyway, so uh, Notre Dame has its very first black valedictorian. Mm. And it is a young woman named Katie Washington from Gary Falls, Indiana. Right. Oh, yeah. Gary, Indiana. Uh, Katie studied biological science. Also, something about Catholic teaching. I'm not sure what that is, but go ahead, Katie. Go ahead, Katie. Go ahead, girl. And she's going to pursue a joint MD and PhD at John Hopkins University. So wow. she's, uh, she's taking taking it easy. Yeah, right. You know, Katie. Are you sure you want to? You sure you want to take the uh, the slacker route? I mean, you're you're doing a, a lot, Katie. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Is, speaking of black scientists, like we've talked about, not only Taraji P Henson playing a real life black scientist, now we have a real life other first black uh, valedictorian at Notre Dame is going to be a scientist. She, I'm reading her little bio. So she's been conducting research on lung cancer, mm-hmm. and she co-authored a paper with a um, a biological science professor already. So. What have you done lately, America? Right. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, we back to singing, honey. Mm-hmm. Don't hate. You love my voice. Um, oh. I'm trying to think, what is my win? I'm like, um. I feel like he did. The Academy could be a win. Cause, uh, th- that, that's true. That's so the Literature thing. Academy is definitely, um, well, I guess that's my personal win. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a testament to this is that um, I was talking, actually, I was at John um, St. John's University today. Um, they had this great uh, Women's Day, uh, I guess, event called I Am Her. And the purpose of it was to get, like, young women and, like, women like uh, me and some other, like, older, well, I'm not older women, but, you know, like, you know, older, like, established women and just kind of, like, reflect in each other like you know I am you and I was where you were and you will one day be where I am and it was just it was honestly this great loving environment I sat on a panel 
And um, I just met so many great, amazing uh, women there, um, younger and a little bit older. And it just, I think maybe that's really my win. I mean, the the academy has shown me like, cause when I was in college, I would have never imagined that I'd be running a business and all that kind of stuff. And just seeing those women and just seeing how much potential there was. And, you know, I just will leave you, I guess my win is this, it's just that if you have something in your heart that is that you want to do, if you want to help people, if you want to give, if you want to, I just say, go ahead and do it because just looking at these young women and then looking at these older women and it just filled my heart with joy to just know that, I don't know, everybody was really wanting um, more and better. And, you know, I just, that's what I really, I want for everyone. I'm feeling, oh, I guess the Libra, like the sentimental side of me is coming out. It just makes you feel like everybody go after your dreams. And I don't believe that going after your dreams means you have to quit your job. Everybody doesn't have to like be like, you know, their dream for a living. But I do think that there should be some part of your life where you are experiencing and enjoying your passion, whether it's on the weekends or whether it's before work or after work or whether it's work itself. And so that's really my biggest win, probably more so that, you know, I'm fortunate enough that, you know, I'm living my passion, even though it's hard sometimes and I don't get a lot of sleep, but still <laughs> I love awesome. it. And I get to, you know, I'm here with Mandy. And so this is part of it. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I started the podcast. I think it's important. I, the word passion is so overused. You know, yeah. when you talk about careers, find your passion, make money off your passion. Not everybody does. I like that you said that because you can put a lot of pressure on yourself. To, you know, some people might love songwriting or something, but that always doesn't equate to a career of money. And sometimes you need money to live. You know, every once yeah. in a while you need some money. Um, so I think it's, it's fine if you have a job that's not necessarily your passion, but you're mm-hmm. doing your, your, yeah, you're having that outlet in some other way. For sure. Like you said, like, look, you started this podcast. Like, look at Mandy one day was like, I want a podcast. I think I'll do it. She knew nothing about podcasting and all the things involved and one foot in front of the other, you know, she figured out what mic, she figured out what, what formula and where to put it, how to put it. And now here we are pot freaking podcasting potting and so <laughs> right we're potting and so that's what i mean is that like you know just whatever that thing is do it it's a, it, in, in some capacity and you know because that's really what makes life worth living you know um i mean even if i wasn't doing this for a living i probably would still be doing teaching i was doing that i was teaching financial education to my friends in college just because it was fun and it brought me just as much joy as doing it for a living and one day i i might not do it for a living i might do something else and i probably still be talking to people about money like every time i see my dad mandy it's so cute like we'll talk 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 and before like literally without fail he will stop and be like oh so did you do your taxes make sure you tell your accountant this and make sure are you putting this in your insurance and like without fail he will always leave me and my sisters with a financial lesson i don't even think he realizes because that is his passion and he didn't teach financial education for a living but he has always taught that to people around him so yeah just make sure that you're encompassing your passion in your life in some way in some way that's a nice one to end the show on I know, we all positive and stuff, because usually we're like, we hate the world, Kanye, you're crazy, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make an effort. Okay, I'm going to bring my usual buzzworthy topics. You bring some positive news. You'll be the positive news fairy. Oh, How God. about okay. that? You want positive news, you got to bring it. Oh, you know what? I like that. You're right. That's a good <laughs> call to action. Yes, positive news fairy. All right. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, we will see you next week. We will indeed. Bye.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.